All right, well, a couple more things that uh, I just wanted to share with everybody. Uh, you know, we've been helping with the Teen Life Center, which has been a real encouraging way uh, that we've been able to serve. And we're finding new ways to be able to continue to uh, serve them. Um, we've been uh, off and on providing, uh, we've been doing so far, we started uh, doing a uh, event for all the uh, single mothers there. Uh, some fun things have been going on. Uh, that we've been doing once a month. Uh, now there's also, we've been providing some Thursday night meals. Uh, so we're getting someone to be able to coordinate those and uh, we're putting a, kind of an online sign up thing, but we're gonna be filling it up. It's gonna be on Thursday nights, but basically it's just a, a meal, not, not for that many people typically, uh, but just providing that. So that's an opportunity. So if uh, someone reaches out to you sometime soon about that, hopefully we'll be able to fill up their Thursday night calendars, get that food for them. Um, we're also needing someone uh, that can mow a lawn for them about maybe once, possibly twice a month, but definitely could commit to like, you know, whatever it is, every third week of the month uh, mowing their lawn. So if, uh, if you are able to do that, just let me know if that's something you'd want to commit to. Uh, the lawn is um, kind of right here in our area. I forget the exact address, but it's right here, uh, not too far from where we're meeting right now. So. Um, if you can do the math on that, you wouldn't have to go too, too far to be able to mow that lawn. But just let me know. Uh, that might be uh, somebody in our campus, somebody young, but it'd be a great way to serve. And uh, uh, you can be old, too. That's, that's fine. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I think that is a great way. That's a, an area that our, uh, our service group, a place we've decided to serve. And so uh, I think let's, let's do our best to really take care of the Teen Life Center. So um, anyway, um, I think that's all the extra thing. Oh, one other thing. There's also a couple from Hamptons Roads, Virginia that uh, may be potentially moving here and is wanting uh, to maybe spend a little time with a host family to just um, have a place to stay while they're checking things out. Um, if that's something you're interested in, if you want to uh, host a couple um, in your home, uh, talk is Andre, are you in here? All right, raise your hand. Talk to, talk to Andre about it, Andre or Michelle, and you can find out uh, more details. Um, but uh, anyway, I think that'll be a great way for someone to serve, but uh, it's a family looking to potentially move here. So if you wanna host someone for, uh, I don't know exactly how long, talk to Andre for the details. Um, so with that, let's jump into the Bible. Go ahead and turn to John chapter 10. You know, there are some verses that are just like, you read it and it's just like, it's there, boom. It's, you know, you read the book of James, there's some verses you just read. They're so pithy and you're, you get the whole thing. You read a proverb, you can get the whole thing very quickly. Um, we're going to read uh, several verses in John 10. And I think this is one of those passages where I think it's like going into a diamond mine. And it's like there are diamonds on the surface that you can just sort of scoop up, and then there's the ones you can sort of dig in and get. I think today we're just going to get the ones that are on the surface. Um, this is one of those passages I think you could really dive deep into. Uh, there was a theologian once that wrote, writing about the book of John. They said it's so shallow that, that no ch uh, small child would be able to drown, but so deep that an elephant could swim in it. And I think that's very true, and I think this passage is very true about that. So hopefully, uh, after we spend some time in it today, you'll also go back and read it on your own, because I think there's a lot of treasure that you can really get from this passage, and I think today, as we sort of uh, just pull out the, the, the treasure that's in this passage, I think there's just so much more that you can get. So I, I, I want to make a pact with you. If I'm going to talk about this passage today, that you'll go back and read it on your own and get some of the treasure we won't even get today. Can we, can we agree to do that? All right, cool. Uh, we're going to look at uh, John chapter 10. I've asked Grace to come forward and read it. We're going to look at verses 1 through 18. 
the shepherd and his flock. I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is a shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Amen. He will come in and go out and find a pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and they shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Amen. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, it is good to, to hear your voice from your word, uh, to, to see uh, your son just share so much about this life, so much about where he comes from, what he's here to do, who he is, uh, who we are before him. And I just really pray today that we, um, uh, we, just, we do hear your voice. We see the choices that you make, the choices that we have before us, and that we can really rejoice, that we can say that hallelujah as we see you more clearly. And uh, I pray today helps us to know you better and just to make decisions to be closer to you. And uh, I just uh, pray for all of us as we dig into this passage to really hear from you today. We love you and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is right in the middle of the book of John. Um, you know, this is really, am I a little echoey? <laughs> okay, it sounds that way to me, but I think I'm hearing something behind me. Um, so uh, anyway, um, that's a little better. Uh, this is just a great passage. And we're hearing, the words that we're reading here are right from the mouth of Jesus. Um, you know, it's interesting. John is a gospel unlike the other three gospels. 
There's really not a lot of parables. There's really no parables. This is the closest part to it, but Jesus uses some great imagery here that he wants us to get. If you want to give today a title, it's the Good Shepherd. There's three words that I think are going to help us to sort of remember what we look at today, and I hope it'll help you to remember it as we look back over it, and that's voice, choice, and rejoice. So first, we're going to talk about voice. You can see it, it's all throughout this passage, right? Jesus is talking a lot about his voice. And before we really dig into that, I want to just give you a better picture because, you know, a lot of times, like, I don't know what, if you lived in Houston, if Jesus came to Houston today, his stories would involve things like traffic, <laughs> oil derricks, maybe, I don't know, <laughs> the Texans, uh, you know, construction on 290, I, I don't know. They'd be things that you're like, uh-huh, I know what you're talking about, uh, you know, but here he did things that made sense to them. So they would have been able to picture exactly what this shepherding thing looked like. And maybe, it, it, maybe you know exactly what it is, but um, what it would have been is like this, it'd be like a corral. So like a little circle, like a little gated thing, probably made out of stone. And this would, this is what the one I'm describing is maybe not the one out in the, the pastures, not the ones out of town, but maybe one in town. And people wouldn't have been able to afford everybody to have one of these little stone fences. So everybody's sheep would all come into one corral. They'd all go in, and little low things. Sheep aren't too smart. They're not going to jump any fences or anything. So pretty low fence and no gate on it. The shepherd himself or somebody they would hire would just actually lay across that opening. So if a sheep wants to go out, they're going to have to walk across that person. And if a wolf or some kind of critter wanted to come in and try to get one of them, they're going to have to come across that person. Can you picture that? And so everybody in the community would all have their different sheep in this one place. And, but, you know, you, if you just kept all of the sheep in there all the time, well, they really wouldn't have anything to eat, right? You'd eat all that grass in a day or two and then done, right? There wouldn't be anything to eat. So the shepherd would have to come in, and they do kind of a sing-song kind of voice. I can't do it. Um, and everyone has their own unique way. And the, eventually their sheep would just kind of follow them, and they would come out. And it, it seems amazing. You think all those ones blended you know, you wouldn't be able to do it, but they do it, and all of them follow them, and they take them out to somewhere where the grass is, the pasture, and, and feed them. And so this is something they would have been very familiar with. They would have known that, you know, that, hey, the shepherd even knows his sheep, right? I mean, if you just did that thing, I mean, if you walk out and there's 20 and you're looking for 40, you know, you're going to have to be able to know, that's my sheep, that's not, I mean, you know, you, you don't want shepherd to come and go, hey, they're all mine, right? You wouldn't be able to tell them apart. So, you know, you didn't say, okay, that's long ear. There's long nose. There's, you know, spotted, spotted ear. You know, you'd have different little names. There's stumpy. <laughs> you know, I mean, whatever it is, you'd have these different names and you'd know, okay, there's my 20, right? So with that picture a little clearer in mind, let's talk about this. So voice is all throughout this. The sheep know the shepherd's voice. That's a really cool image. I mean, to imagine knowing God's voice. Um, you know, you can see that all throughout this passage, a lot of people, I think most people who believe there is a God, think they have a relationship with Him. They think they know exactly who God is. And I think many people do. Many people do have that relationship with God. God's been working in their lives. But I also think sometimes people mistake things for being God's voice. How do we know? How can we know that we're actually hearing from God? You know, a lot of people 
we'll come up with various ways to do that. But I think that the, the most definitive way to know you're hearing God's voice is to listen to the Bible. You know, the Bible, God has very specifically said, I'm going to lay down exactly what I think, exactly what I feel, exactly what I love, and exactly what I hate. If you want to know if it's from me, look in the Bible. I mean, and it, it is amazing, but God wants us to know His voice. You know, um, if you've been a Christian for very long, you've probably heard somebody throw around like your, your personal time with God, your quiet time, your time where you get in your Bible, your devotional time and you read. And there can be a sense as a Christian, you like sort of want to be able to check that box, right? You know, like there's the, maybe if you've been around very long, you even have that sense of if somebody asked me, did I have a quiet time? I want to be able to say, I did. I read my Bible, you know, check that box. If somebody asked me, I can say yes. And there's a sense where you want to be able to do that. But here's the real reason anybody in here should read their Bible. It's so that you can know God's voice. Amen. Yep. Right? Like, I mean, how do you get familiar with someone's voice? You just have to listen. You know, I know several people have been praying. They know that PJ passed away about a month ago, uh, my seeing eye dog. And I actually, I'm leaving tomorrow to go get a new seeing eye dog. And, and you got to think, and thank you for everybody who's been praying. I know several people have prayed for me. And if you see me walk around my cane, I'm sure even more people start praying for me. <laughs> Not to run into something. But uh, I'm definitely a seeing eye dog person. Uh, but imagine, I mean, there's a sense where it's like, well, why don't, you, why don't you just have like Amazon Prime deliver you a seeing eye dog, right? Like, why don't you just, I mean, they can deliver almost anything. Why didn't a dog just show up at my doorstep and go, hey, let, let, let's go. You ever been over to somebody's house and you go, hey, boo-boo, sit. And the dog just looks at you. It's like, who are you? I don't know that voice, right? I actually have to go and spend a couple of weeks with this dog building a relationship so he knows me. Or she. It could be a she. It happens. Uh, that they know your voice, right? That, I mean, if I'm going like, to be behind this dog and getting led places, right, we better, we better be able to communicate, right? That dog, when I say forward or left or stop, you know, I want that dog to know my voice and I want to be able to trust it. It's, it's very much a lot like that, right? I mean, there are so many confusing voices in our lives. I mean, right? How many different voices are competing for your attention, right? You pull out your phone. How many different voices? Not just, I mean, who even talks on the phone anymore, right? There's those voices, right? But I mean, there's Facebook, there's Snapchat, there's Flapjack. I mean, there's just all these different things Insta this and insta that, right? There's all these competing voices of this is, and, and listen, Facebook, if you look very long, it kind of, you start to go, oh, that's the way people think. I hear a lot of voices, oh, that's what everybody thinks about that, you know? In a political season, right, there's a lot of voices telling you how, how things are and how things could be, right? Uh, there, uh, uh, politicians, they want you to be afraid and they want to tell you they're the answer. There's a lot of voices out there. There's voices of your friends, Voices of your neighbors, voices of your extended family, right? There's the voices in your head. We've got those, right? You know, there's the scary ones, right? Don't listen to those. But, you know, everybody's got a voice in your head. A lot of times uh, that can be God's spirit, but that can also be our flesh, just what we want, right? There's so many different voices that we could listen to. But you've come here today to be able to distinguish what's the voice of Jesus, 
What's the voice of the master? How can I listen to him? And listen, everybody thinks they've heard from God. But you even see, look at the beginning of this passage. You know, in the first couple of verses there, it talks about trying to sneak in the wrong way to the pen. I've encountered that. I've been that. I've encountered that and I've been that where I've tried to have a relationship with God on my terms. Let me sneak in. Oh, hey, this fence ain't that tall. I'll just, you know, kind of right over it, right? Let's just, let's just go in this way. Why go? Let's, hey, we won't even wake him up. Let's just go over here and go in, right? I think there's a sense where we want to have God on our terms. You know, have your cake and eat it too. I don't think they're, they're, that's a really, that's a cliche, but it's so true. I think everybody wants to have their cake and eat it too, right? I want to have a relationship with God on my own terms. Uh, you know, I think a lot of times, if, if left to my own devices, God's voice would sound just like this. <laughs> God's voice would be my own voice. I want to hear whatever I want to hear. I want God to say what I think. But that's not knowing God's voice, is it? I mean, I think about, you know, even having a relationship with God. I mean, there is a specific way God wants us to have a relationship with Him. That's right. There are things that He loves. That's awesome. And you know what? You are one of those people that, that God loves. Every single person in here. But there are things that God hates. There are things that God says no to, right? Every parent understands that. But yet, how do we know what God loves and what He hates? Only if we listen to His true voice. I mean, the idea of hearing directly from God is one that really does spark our imagination, right? There's, not, there's nobody in here. I mean, you didn't, come, you didn't get up on a Sunday morning if, if that doesn't excite you a little to think, I want to hear from what God really says. Now, is that a reason to get into your Bible? Absolutely. Like, I don't like the idea of I get into my Bible because I'm afraid somebody will ask me about it. That doesn't, that doesn't get me fired up. You know, I don't want to be pleased. There's a, there's a sense where accountability is a great thing in our lives, right? I, I love that. But do I want that to be my main motivation for wanting to get into the Bible? No way. But do I want to hear from God? Oh, yeah. I need to. Because, I mean, life is confusing enough with all those voices. And I just love this idea. Jesus, you know, this is really echoes even what we looked at in the Psalms last week. Look at verse 14. Jesus here says, My people, my sheep, they know me and I know them. Amen. Now that's a simple idea, right? I mean, now what does Jesus know? Remember about last week when we looked at Psalm, uh, Psalm 139? You know, he sees all that stuff. We talked about how that's very encouraging. It's also kind of scary. This is Jesus saying some similar things. I know you, Regina. I know you, Kurt. You know, I know you, Matthew. I know you, Lanny. I know you. I know you warts and all. I know where you come from. I know what makes you tick. I know what you like. I know what you don't like. I know what hurts you. I know what breaks your heart. I know what gets you excited and inspired. I know you. I know how hard it is. I know you. But it says here too that Jesus' people know Him. Now, if you are a Christian, if you are a follower, if you are a disciple of Jesus, the understanding is you came in knowing who Jesus is. And, if you, and again, you, don't, you didn't know everything. But, but Jesus, when we come to Him, 
he really asks us to count the cost of what it means to follow him. Right? Right? That's in John 14, this very book, just four chapters over. Jesus actually says, I want you to count. Actually, I'm sorry, it's Luke 14. It's another gospel. It's 14. Come on, give him a break. Give him a break. There is a John 14. It just talks about other stuff. But it's in the Bible. It's his voice, okay? But you know what I'm saying? Jesus actually says, hey, listen, you want to follow me? I want you to know what that is. Listen, if there's a cost associated, that's my voice. That's what it means to follow me. You know, and anybody who comes and follows Jesus, you want to follow him on your terms. I mean, in one sense, it always sounds good to follow Jesus, but you want to know, hey, I'm really hearing from Jesus. I know what that means. I'm not having a relationship with the TV Jesus, the movie Jesus, the Jesus in my head, but no, this is the Jesus who is really out there and that we hear his voice. What would it take for you, where you're at right now, to really know Jesus's voice? Where you're at right now, what would need to be different? I mean, are you getting in your Bible and listening to Jesus? Are you getting to know the tone of his voice? Are you getting to know the actual words? What does he say? You know, are you getting to know the rhythm? You know, because I'll tell you, if you want to live this life and you want to really uh, follow Jesus, you've got to learn that. Because we get out there and we go out in the world and we set our Bibles down and somebody says something, we've got to be able to know, does that sound like that would be from God? Does that sound like God's way of thinking or does that sound like the world? Man, I want to know the difference because I don't want to fall in a hole. I want to make sure I'm following Jesus and not just following some other voice out there. What would it take for you today to really to know Jesus' voice? Would it take a new habit? Would it, would it take a pattern of getting in the Bible? And again, with a different, maybe it takes putting on a different mindset. I want to read this like, hey, I'm hearing from God. What is he saying? You know, are there parts of your life you like, hey, I, when, when this part of my life comes in, I'm just going to turn the volume down on God's voice. Like, hey, maybe it's talking about your money, right? We had a chance to give our offerings the other day. Maybe when money comes up, man, I turn the volume down. God's got some stuff to say about money. Let me turn that down. I don't like that song, <laughs> you know? Uh, maybe it's about maybe it's about your intimacy, you know. Maybe that's an area of life where you're like, hey, 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 I kind of have my way of 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 seeking out intimacy and and those kind of things, and um, I kind of have my own ideas about what purity and impurity is. So hey, when that comes up, volume goes down, right? Or do you go, hey, I know what I think about it, but you know what? When this comes up, I need to turn the volume up. What's God got to say, right? Maybe it's that part of life where you need to just say, hey, I'm, I'm going to turn the volume back up on what God's saying in this part of my life. Being open. I mean, once again, guys, it already says that Jesus knows who belongs to him. He knows the people who belong. Are, are, is there a part of you that wants to turn down the volume on certain parts of your life? I, I mean, he knows you. He knows. And guess what? If we turn down the volume, he knows we do that too. So let's live out in the light. John talks a lot about that. And let's start to look at Jesus' voice. You know, here he says, he's a good shepherd. He ain't a bad shepherd. He's not trying to lead you somewhere bad. And we'll get to more about that there. But if he truly is a good shepherd leading somewhere that you really ideally want to go, don't you want to, do you want to miss out? Do you want to be listening to the wrong voice? I don't think so. And that gets us here to the idea of choice. The idea of choice. The first choice that I love in this passage is Jesus choosing us. He has chosen 
to lay down his life for you and for me. All throughout this passage, I choose my people. I choose. You know, he didn't get forced to lay down his life. You know, that's what, a, that's what happens with a martyr, someone who dies for their ideals. And that's an amazing thing. Jesus isn't technically a martyr. He's a substitute. There, there was somebody marked for death because of their behavior, because of their lawbreaking. And that was you and me. And Jesus said, I raise my hand and I'll be the substitute. I choose to lay down my life. And I'll also choose to pick it back up so they can have hope for a future. But Jesus chose that. I love it. It's all throughout this. Verse 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, all throughout this thing, it talks about how he took that choice. I love verse 16. Unless, that you, unless you're Jewish and, and have become a Christian or Jewish and visiting us today, verse 16, you're in this passage. We're the people outside the pen. We're Gentiles and Jesus here says, I'm going to go get them too. I'm going to go get people in Jamaica. I'm going to go get people in Mississippi. I'm going to go get people in Arkansas. I'm going to get people even in Texas, even in Mexico, even in Colombia. I'm going to go get those people. They're outside the pen. I got, I, got, I got plans for them. I choose them too. I lay down my life for them too. Man, that feels good to be picked. Feels good to be chosen. Man, Jesus even says, my, my life, man, it's not even as important to me as their life is important to me. Man, that is the good news from the good shepherd. Amen. That's his voice. That's his voice. He says, hey, listen, I know you screw up. I know you make mistakes. I know you sin. I know you, and I still choose you. I still pick you. I still say I want to be with you, even you outsiders. Even you Gentiles, even you pagans. We got some pagans in the room. People who didn't do right, right? Didn't grow up right. He chooses you. But you know, he, there's some choices in here as well. There's some choices for us. You hear that? How he chose you. He chose to lay down his life. You know, he chose to be the good shepherd. Right? And all throughout this, you look at like verses 3, 4, and 5 there about following him and his people following him. They know his voice. He comes in, he leads them out, right? But you know, he, as, as, as the people here, we are people who are supposed to follow Jesus. That's right. He's the shepherd, we're the sheep. We follow him into his choices. Jesus chose to be the good shepherd. The one that cares for you according to your needs. The one who cares for you even when things aren't going well. Jesus chose to be the good shepherd instead of the hired hand. We're led into that choice ourselves, friends. You and I get to choose. We, we hear God's voice and God's voice says, Don't be the hired hand. Choose to be a shepherd. Choose to be someone who looks out for sheep, who looks out for other people. Now, look at this. So again, Jesus here says, I'm the gate. I'm the door, right? I'm the gate. I, no, nobody's coming through here. The wolf, he's not coming through here. If anybody wants to come through here, they got to come through me, right? 
Jesus is the gate. He is the one. He's the door. He says, I will lay. I mean, literally, did I lay down? He laid down. He laid down across that way and he says, you want to come in? You got to come through me. You want to go out? You got to come through me. You know, if if a wolf tries to get in here, it's got to come through me. Think about that. That is a powerful choice. That is a different way to live. The hired hand also is in the gate, right? The hired hand, the shepherd hires them and they're, they're sitting there too. But what happens when a wolf shows up and the hired hand's there? I'm out of here. Split. When things get tough, a wolf, somebody coming to steal, somebody coming to destroy. You see that in verse 10? Somebody comes, there is someone who's trying to steal, trying to destroy, trying to take. If you're a hired hand, when when the chips are down, you roll. You're out of here. But a shepherd says, I stand. I stand with my people. I'm with them. What's going on? Hey, uh, that's, you want to talk at an uncomfortable time? I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can go. I got stuff I got to do. I mean, everybody's got plans. I mean, you make plans, right? But there's times, though, where it's just like, I just, I, I don't care. I just don't care, you know? Or we're in the wolf. We see a wolf. Man, what kind of wolves could be coming into our lives here as Northwest community? Man, all those other voices, right? Those can be wolves. All the other temptations out there, those can be wolves. All the old ways we used to live before we were sheep, right? All those old ways that come so naturally, those can be wolves. Those can be destroyers. Those can be thieves. And we follow Jesus into this choice. Are you going to be a hired hand? who You show up on Sunday, but you don't show up on Wednesday. You show up on Sunday, you take communion, but when your family group tries to meet and get together, you can't, you can't, make, you can't find the time to be there. Or, or you hear sometime in the next couple of months, Priscilla's going to move. And you, and you can't be there. You can't, you, can't find, you can't make the time to be there. You know, you hear about all those announcements and none of them apply to you. Uh, that's, all the, that's all those other people. Because you've got the mindset of a hired hand. You got the mindset of someone who's just like, I'm not paid to be there. I don't, I don't, like, I, I have literally heard people say something like, I don't really like midweek. I don't get a lot out, out of midweek. It's like, wow. if you're that good, then show up and help somebody else. You know, because there's plenty of people there, including me, that need to be there to get that encouragement in the middle of the week, right? I mean, it is the difference between, yeah, you can clap for that. That's Jesus' idea. I'll clap for that. But we follow him into his choices. Amen. You know, and you know what? To be a shepherd, there is a cost to your life. The hired hand always gets paid for everything they do. They're a mercenary. You know what a mercenary You know, that's like a soldier that gets paid to work, right? Hey, a mercenary shows up. They, they, as long as the money's there and it's, everything's in on time, they do, they'll, they'll work for you. But the second there's no interest for them, yeah. they're out of there. That's, right. that's the idea of a hired hand. Are you a hired hand, I'll go so far as to say Christian. Are you, is your approach to Christianity, your approach to your walk with God, you show up when it's in your best interest. If that's the case, you're a hired hand. And I think you're missing, maybe you've heard, you, you, know, you can hum a few bars of what Jesus is singing, but you're missing the melody. 
The choice before us is whether we're going to be following the footsteps of our shepherd or if we're going to be hired hands. And I think all of us, when we hear that, and we hear it laid out like that, I don't think there's anybody here that says, I, I, I just want to be the hired hand. Right? Nobody feels that way. But we fall into it. We fall into it because we start to hear voices that just aren't Jesus's. And most of the time, friends, I think that voice is ourselves. It's just the voice of selfishness. It's just the voice of the old way. And we stop listening where Jesus is leading us. Where is Jesus? What choice is Jesus leading you to right now? We're almost in October. For October and the end of September, what choice is Jesus leading you to? How does the, and again, for each one of us it plays out differently, but I think all of us have the idea of following the shepherd and having the, the mindset of a hired hand. I think that's for all of us, right? There's not one of us. It comes out in different ways. What about over here? What, what, what way has Jesus led you to the choice of how to either follow the shepherd or live the life of a hired hand? What about here? What, what are the ways that it's different for you? That Jesus is leading to you this place. You follow his voice and you're at a place where you have that choice whether to be like the shepherd or to be the hired hand. I mean, you know, what about sharing the good news? Man, it comes at a cost. It comes at having to do, spend time opening up the Bible to hear the voice with other people. What about serving? Man, we talked about Teen Life Center. Mowing the yard is fun for about 1% of the population. Am I right? And that number gets lower in Texas, I think. It's rather humid here. But it needs to be done. The pay? What's the pay? Are you pay? You know, I mean, I can think about a kid even like, hey, I pay, people pay me to mow a yard, right? Hey, these, these, these people need, need help. You know, what about those meals on a Thursday night? What about the activities going on with Hope and the way we serve there? Man, that, it's going to cost me some time. It's going to cost me some It might even cost me some money. You know, I think there's so many of these things. You know, what about investing in your kids' spirituality for parents out there? You know, man, that costs time. That costs them complaining. They got to put down their technology for a minute to talk about something, you know? <laughs> I mean, what about your spouse, right? Is it easy just to go through the motions? You can be a hired hand in your marriage, right? It's like, I'm married, I ain't going anywhere, but I ain't going to like it. That's the idea of a hired hand. But how can you be like the shepherd, like the master in your marriage, you know? What about in this community here? Those one relationships are easy to see, but what about people who are connected just because of Jesus? You know, what about in your discipling relationships, your prayer partners, you know, your people that you're supposed to help encourage, you know, how does that look? What does that look like? Are you on the phone with them? Are you, uh, listen, it's hard to get together, right? Are you making that time to get together? You know, what, it, what would it take? And, and you know, and do you do it out of obligation or you do it because, hey, I, we're going to invest in this. Amen. The voice, the choice. Finally rejoice. Let's, let's close out here looking at verse 10. Come on, bro. We've only, have we not, we, 
Honestly, guys, you could spend so much time in this passage and get so much more. I, 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 sometimes I, I, I get reading a passage like this and I get like almost like scared. Like, I don't even want to do this passage because there's so much more and we could just keep going back here. Keep going with that mind and just keep. It's just it's a deep vein. But we're going to we have to have a stopping point. We're going to stop in verse 10 here because this is true. Jesus here wants us to internalize this. This is, from, this is directly his voice. If you've got one of those Bibles, these, these letters are read. There's no doubt this is a message directly from Jesus. There is a thief. There is one who wants to destroy and spoil. Okay? That's true. And if most of you, I think you've lived long enough that you know that to be true, right? It isn't God. It isn't God. It's not God that wants to spoil. He doesn't want to spoil your fun. He doesn't want to steal from you. He doesn't want to take from you. He doesn't want to destroy. He doesn't want any of those things. That's not Him. There, there is someone. There is a wolf. And, and oftentimes we can be the wolf in our own lives. There is an evil one who is tempting us. But man, the world, our culture, even our own selfishness can be the wolf in our life. But it's not God. But verse 10, the second half of verse 10, tells us from his own voice what kind of life he's leading us to. And what kind of life is that? What does it say in verse 10? Life to the full. That is something to rejoice over. I think at times we don't believe it. We don't believe that God wants us to have an abundant, fulfilled life. We doubt that. We doubt that that's where He's taking us. Our faith gets weak. We stop trusting that this voice that's leading us ahead, step after step, that the shepherd who's taking us somewhere, that he's taking to us to a life of abundance. We think oftentimes we'll falsely accuse God of being the thief. You're taking my money. You're taking my fun. You're taking my life. You're taking my time, God. I got, I'm busy. I don't, want, I don't want to spend my time with you and your people and what you've got going on, I don't want that. We, don't we in our minds accuse God sometimes of being the thief, yes. being the spoiler, being the destroyer. But here his voice says he wants us to have a life and have it to the full. You've got to ask yourself, do you, first, do you believe it? And if you do, then rejoice over it. Don't live a life of drudgery. Don't live a life where you're down in the mouth. I mean, there's a time to grieve. That's not what I'm talking about. But just rejoice that, man, God has chosen me. God is speaking to me. God is calling me to a life that is better than the life I would have made on my own. I mean, does that mean you're going to be rich? Not necessarily. But it is going to be abundant. It is going to be a full life. And I think sometimes Christians can be the guiltiest people in the world of making Christianity seem like it's that life that's been stolen, that life that's been destroyed, or that life that's been shortchanged. And if that's the case, then you, have, you are listening to the wrong voice. That's right. It is time to be people who rejoice. 
We don't, we don't, we don't, we may struggle over the choice to be a, a hired hand or a shepherd, but the life following the shepherd, following Jesus, is the better life. The life of a hired hand, of a mercenary, that's not a, you know, you're always chasing the dollar then. You're always chasing the thing that feels right. But in God, you're chasing this voice who's leading you somewhere better, someone, someplace higher. And, but again, so often we just get on the wrong track. It is time to rejoice. Guys, we need to make Christianity seem like the best life possible. It, because it is. We need to be people who rejoice always. Pray continually to be living in the Spirit and say, this life is amazing. And if you don't understand how it is fulfilling, learn. Listen to the voice. Go to other people. Find out why does this seem so hard? Why is it drudgery? I think most of the time, most of the time when I find people in the church who, who have said Jesus is Lord, and they truly mean that. They've truly confessed Him as Lord and say He's going to be Lord over everything. The reason that things aren't working are most often they have chosen to be the hired hand. Or have even gone so far as to say, I have chosen to listen to the other voice and, listened, and I've given in to sin. Usually that's where the angst comes from. That there's some imbalance of their life in what the voice of the Father is saying. There's some imbalance. And again, they'd be back in the rejoicing column if they could just listen to the voice. Make the choice. And then they'd be able to rejoice. Where are you at with that today? Are you, are you rejoicing? Did you just get reminded to rejoice and you can easily pick that up? If, if, if that's the case, then amen. Just go and rejoice. Listen, live this life that we've talked about here in the Bible today. But if you're trapped in a sin, if you're trapped in looking at it through your own way, if you're listening more to your own voice, then today make a choice. If you're visiting with us today, make a choice to get into the Bible and listen to the voice of Jesus. I mean, that is the way. And it's not our way, technically. Like, all of us are just trying to listen to the voice ourselves. But it's God's way. You know, if you've been stirred by some of the, the opportunities that we have going on in the church, some of the things we announce, some of the serving opportunities or those different ways to, to just be involved, then, man, jump on one of those. But today, make a choice. Don't be passive. This is not a passive passage, you know. You can get much more out of it. But today, we have heard His voice. We have seen His choice, and we've seen our choice. And I pray we all leave here being able to rejoice. So I pray today you make one decision. Not 20, make one. Because I can tell you, when I make 20, I make zero. But you've heard something today. Make that one choice, and you will leave rejoicing. Amen.